Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, today is a celebration in the church that we call Pentecost Sunday. It's kind of the the birthday of the Christian church. And this morning, I want us to look at the story of the very first Pentecost, because this is a story that reminds us at a kind of fundamental level of what church should be about. And this is so important for us to think about, uh, because as we all know, um, so often Christians have completely missed what church should be about. And when we get this wrong, that the consequences can be devastating. Uh, You know, for a growing number of people in our society, uh, from their perspective, the the birthday of the church, uh, that doesn't really sound like something worth celebrating. Uh, For a growing number of of people in our society, uh, church itself doesn't really sound like something worth celebrating. I know uh, many of us come to church all the time, or we watch church online all the time, and and we love it, but more and more people uh, don't see what we see, and they've had a very different experience. Uh, A number of years ago, the the Barna Research Group did a national survey, uh, and they found that among younger non-Christians, so this was uh, ages 16 to to 29-year-old non-Christians, 85% of them said that Christians are hypocritical. Uh, 87% of them said that Christians are judgmental. Uh, 91% of them said that Christians are homophobic. And what that tells us, and there's a ton of other research to to back this up, it tells us there's this perception in our society that the church is inherently exclusive. In fact, uh, for many people, when they hear the word church, what, what they think is exclusion. Uh, Now, I know that for some of you, you don't need some national survey to to tell you that, right? Uh, Because for some of you, you know how exclusive churches can be. You've experienced it, and you've got the scars to to show for it. Uh, Some of you have been told that that you don't belong in church because of your sexual orientation, or because you had an abortion, or or you went through a divorce. Uh, Some of you have been made to, to feel like you don't belong in church because of an addiction that you struggle with, or a mistake that you made at some point in your past or because you just dared to raise some hard questions about the faith. I know for others of you, um, you've been in church your your whole life and and you've never felt excluded personally, um, but you'd be kind of scared to to tell people sometimes that that you go to church, right? And and, uh, you'd be terrified to invite a a non-Christian to come to church with you because you know this perception, this perception that Christians are exclusive, and you don't want to be associated with that. And and I'm right there with you. I don't want to be associated with that kind of church either. It's tragic. It's tragic, but the church has a reputation, uh, among some people at least, for for being an, an exclusive community, in many cases radically exclusive. And one of the reasons that that is so tragic, in addition to all of the pain that it's caused, it's tragic because when the church first began, when, when God first sent the church out into the world, it wasn't known for being exclusive. In fact, Christians would cause controversy everywhere they went. Christians would cause scandals everywhere they went because they were so radically 
inclusive. Christians would drive the authorities crazy because they just refused to respect the the social boundaries, the social barriers that that kept people excluded from each other. So originally, Christians were not known for who all they were trying to keep out. Christians were known for who all they were trying to bring in. And they created a a diverse, inclusive community, uh, literally, literally like the world had never seen before. Now, as I hope you know, if if you've been around uh, Kindred for for any length of time, we we try really hard here to to be inclusive, and and we don't always get that right, but it's a central part of our mission. Uh, And in a minute, I'll I'll say more about why. But what we've got to recognize is that in all churches, in all churches, uh, all churches are at risk of becoming exclusive over time if they're not careful. Even churches that start out really inclusive, like the, the early church. Um, and that's because, uh, unfortunately, there, there's like this gravitational force within the church. There's this force that kind of pulls churches inward over time if they're not careful. They kind of circle up the wagons and, and just focus on themselves. And, and over time, Instead of focusing on how to share God's love with with more people in in more ways, uh, the church will start fighting over the color of the carpet, or the church will start having squabbles about which Sunday school class gets which classroom. Maybe maybe you've been part of a church that that had squabbles like that. And then before long, the the new mission of the church becomes really to, to keep the insiders as happy and as comfortable as possible. And and the truth is that nothing makes insiders more uncomfortable than the thought of bringing a bunch of outsiders in. So so even churches that start out really inclusive, if they're not careful, they can become more and more exclusive over time. And that's why it's so important. It's so important for us on this Pentecost Sunday as we're celebrating the birthday of the church. It's so important for us to remember why God created the church in the first place to remember that our God-given mission is not about keeping certain people out. Our God-given mission is about bringing more people in. So let's look at this Pentecost story here, and let's see how this shows us uh, what God expects you and, and me and, and the whole church to be about. Uh, here's the, the backstory for you. Um, Pentecost takes place just 50 days after Easter, 50 days after Jesus is raised. Um, right after Easter, for those uh, next 40 days, Jesus hangs out with the disciples. He keeps showing up and talking with them and, and eating with them. And so over the course of that 40 days, that the disciples confirm that this really is Jesus and, and he really is alive. And then 40 days after Easter, Jesus ascends back into heaven. As Christians, we believe Jesus ascends back to heaven where he sits, as we say, at at the right hand of God the Father. And just before Jesus goes, he gathers all the disciples together. There weren't that many of them at this point. Uh, And he says to them, he says, you, church, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses, he says, in Jerusalem. That's the, the city where they were at the time. He says, you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria. That's kind of the, the surrounding regions nearby. And then he says, you will be my witnesses all the way to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, your job is to go. Go and, and tell people about me. Go and share my message of God's unconditional love that includes all people all the way to the end 
of the earth. Well, uh, honestly, uh, that was a, a pretty tall order for, for this group of folks, uh, especially because at this point, uh, most of the disciples were these yokels from this backwater boondock place called Galilee um, that they probably knew between all of them a couple, three languages tops. Uh, they didn't know much about other cultures. As best we can tell, uh, very few of them would have known how to read and, and write. So it just seemed pretty unlikely that they were going to be the people who could take the message of Jesus all the way to the ends of the earth. And apparently Jesus knew that it would be a tall order for them because he tells them essentially, uh, not going to lie to you guys, uh, you're going to need a lot of help with this. And so Jesus tells them, he says, sit tight, uh, wait here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Christians believe that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God present with us and present within us and, and present in this world. So Jesus is saying, uh, don't even attempt this whole church thing without the help of the Spirit. Just, just wait here until the Spirit comes. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. Well, now fast forward after that, 10 days later, 10 days later, the disciples are huddled together in Jerusalem, just like Jesus told them to do. Uh, they're waiting, they're praying, and maybe they're doing some team building activities, who knows? Uh, but I don't know if they, they started arguing about the color of the carpet or, or what, but God decides it's time now to shift their focus away from all of this insider stuff to their primary mission. And God shifts their focus in a, a powerful way that they would never, ever forget. Uh, here's what happened. This is from the, the book of Acts uh, chapter 2. It says, when Pentecost day arrived, they, talking about the, the disciples, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they we're sitting. Now, there's some wordplay going on here. In the Bible, uh, the, the word that means wind, it also means breath, and it also means spirit, as in the Holy Spirit. Uh, the story goes on. It says that they saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So the, the Holy Spirit shows up in the form of fire, and this fire lands on each of the disciples' heads. Now, whether you want to take that literally or figuratively, uh, either way, you know, one thing that you do not do if there is fire on your head is you do not sit still, right? You get up and you move and you move fast. Uh, I had a football coach in, in high school who used to yell at us and he would say, play like your hair is on fire, play like your hair is on fire. And what he meant was don't just stand around waiting for something to happen, but get moving and go make something happen. Well, the Holy Spirit shows up on Pentecost to, to get the church moving, to go make something happen. And, and that's exactly what the disciples do. Uh, the Spirit suddenly gives the disciples the ability to speak all these different languages, tons of different languages that are going to help them to share the message of Jesus uh, not just with some people, not just with people who happen to, to talk like they do, uh, not just with, with people who look like them and, and think like them, but so that they can go and share the message of Jesus with all people to the ends of the earth so they can invite all people into this diverse new family that God is creating called the church. 
And as the disciples started going out and speaking all these different languages, they they started there in Jerusalem, uh, people, when they heard this, were uh, amazed. And this crowd started to form around them to to see what in the world was going on. And at first, uh, people were amazed that anybody from out in the boonies could speak this many different languages. But then they listened to the message itself. They listened to what the disciples were saying. And then they were amazed by that. Um, This is Acts chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says they, talking about the crowd now, uh, they were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at the disciples saying, they're full of new wine. In other words, people were saying, wait, 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 hang on. Are these Jesus followers saying that God loves everybody? Are these Jesus followers saying that the, the Son of God came into this world and lived and died and rose again for everybody? Are these Jesus followers really saying that God's family is now open to everybody? The, the, the crowd was, was saying that that's crazy. You know, usually religious people act like God only loves some folks. You know, usually religious people are, are focused on trying to keep certain people out. These Jesus followers, they must be crazy or drunk or, or something. Well, as they're murmuring about all of that, uh, Peter, who's the, the leader of the church at this point, he steps forward to address the crowd. And if you were with us last Sunday, we, we talked a bit about Peter's story. And uh, if you were here, you know it's, it's pretty surprising that Peter had the courage to, to step forward and, and speak up in this, this moment. But he does. Uh, and he says, hey, uh, he says to the crowd, look, we're not crazy and we're not drunk. I mean, it's nine o'clock in the morning, for, for goodness sakes. He says, but, but you're right. We're not about excluding people. We're about bringing more people in to this community. And Peter quotes uh, from a a book in the Old Testament called Joel. And he he quotes uh, this passage that talks about the Holy Spirit. It talks about how God is going to pour God's Spirit out on on all people, that all people have a role to play in God's kingdom. And then just to drive that point home, Peter ends his quote with this last line of the, the passage. And it says, And everyone, no asterisks, No qualifiers, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, without everyone, the family of God just isn't complete. It's not complete because everyone has a place in the family of God. Well, that, uh, in a nutshell, that is Pentecost. That's how the church began. Uh, The the church began with the Holy Spirit uh, pulling Christians out of their comfort zones, out into the world to embrace more and more people with this life-changing message of God's love for literally everyone. That the church began with the Spirit empowering Christians to form a kind of diverse, inclusive community literally like the world had never seen before. And as time went on, the the Spirit kept pushing those Christians and, and pulling those Christians to to keep crossing social boundaries and and barriers, to to bring more people, all different kinds of people together within the church. And what's so important for us to remember today, what's so important for for you and and I never to, to forget, is that the Spirit is actually doing that exact same thing right here, right now, to you and to me, pulling us out of our comfort zones to embrace more 
and more people, empowering us to, to form a kind of inclusive community that completely changes what our neighbors think about church. And that means for us that, that the question is, will we work with the Spirit on that? Or will we resist? Will we commit ourselves, like those very first Christians did, to this outward-facing, Spirit-led mission? Or, or will we just turn inward? As I said before, turning inward is, is easy. In many ways, turning inward is, is just kind of the path of least resistance. But turning inward is inherently exclusive. I don't want you to miss that. Turning inward is inherently exclusive because it leaves certain people out. And I hope and I pray that, that Kindred Church will always work with the Spirit to be as inclusive as God is calling us to be. You know, sometimes people ask me, uh, usually they're, they're nice about it, but they'll say, uh, Daniel, uh, what, what is the point of, of Kindred Church? I mean, doesn't this area already have a, enough churches? I mean, what, what's the point of creating a new one? And, and usually I'm not this blunt about it when I respond to them, but, but what I try to say is, uh, well, well, you may think there's already enough churches in this area, uh, but I think the Holy Spirit begs to differ. Uh, because if you, if you think about it, you know, of all the people who live in Durham, of all the people who live in, in Chapel Hill, only a fraction, only a fraction have a meaningful church family in their life. And, and many of our neighbors don't do church because they've been told they don't belong or they've been made to feel that they don't belong. Or they've just concluded that, that all Christians are, are judgy, homophobic hypocrites and they don't want any part of that. And so understandably, they've decided that they don't do church. But I just think that, that if this Pentecost story is any indication, that just doesn't sit well with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Spirit is way too inclusive to just be okay with that many people not yet being included. Uh, so, so, so no, I don't think this area needs just another church, but I do think this area needs another church like Kindred. Because if we can keep following the Spirit outside of our comfort zones, if we can keep sharing the inclusive message of Jesus with more and more people, if we can bring more folks into this church family that we're creating here, then for so many people, we can transform their experience of church. We can transform their, their understanding of, of God. We can change people's lives by being a kind of church family that they didn't even know was possible. And that, that is the point of Kindred Church. And that's why we're doing all of this. So if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, if you've come to believe like I do that the Spirit is doing some amazing things within this community, then, then I hope you'll join us. And even more than that, I hope you'll, you'll help us um, to make it happen. Because to, to pull off this whole church planting thing, we're going to need a lot of help. Uh, we're going to need people who are willing to take a step outside of their, their comfort zones. Uh, you know, I, I know it's kind of scary, but we need people who are willing to, to reach out to family members and friends and neighbors and coworkers to, to invite them to come give Kindred a try. 
I know money is a sensitive subject, and, and rightly so, but we're going we're gonna to need people to keep giving generously because it just costs money to, to run a church. Uh, I know time feels like a, a scarce resource for, for so many of us. We're so busy. But over this summer, we're going to start holding in-person worship services, and we're going to need volunteers who are willing to give of their time. I know commitment can be scary. But as we're gearing up to to launch weekly worship in the fall, we're going to need a launch team, a whole team of committed volunteers, uh, people who are committed to to make Kindred happen on a weekly basis. And so I'd encourage all of us to to ask the Spirit to keep guiding Kindred, uh, to keep providing what we need. And I'd encourage all of us individually to, to ask the Holy Spirit, how am I called to contribute? What what part of my comfort zone am I being called to to step outside of so that I can help Kindred to be the kind of church that the Spirit is calling us to be? I'll be the first to admit that we are far from perfect here at Kindred. Uh, Sometimes we fall short. Sometimes we we get it wrong. We're always going to need to be working to to keep improving, to, to keep being more faithful. To, to the vision that the, the Spirit has given to us. That, that's true for every church. I think that's true for, for every Christian, and, and it's important that we don't forget that. But I've been so encouraged. I've been so encouraged uh, by the work that we're doing here, because even at this early stage of Kindred's development, I've already seen the Holy Spirit using all of you in some really powerful ways, and, and I hope you see it too. Because, you know, you, you keep tuning in to worship like this. Uh, you keep showing up to our social events. You, you keep participating in small groups. You keep giving generously. You keep reaching out and inviting new people to, to check us out here at Kindred, even when it's outside of your comfort zone. And, and you may not realize it, but the Holy Spirit is using all of those acts of faithfulness. And I know that that's true because we have new people all the time uh, coming to us and and finding that Kindred is the church that they needed in their life. And and I get text messages and I get emails and and direct messages. uh, And they they say things like, thank God for this community. Uh, Thank God for the inclusive love that I've found here. They say this this church community, this is changing how I experience church. This is changing my understanding of God. This church is making a difference in my life, they say. So I want you to know, Kindred Church, that you are already having that kind of impact, and we are just getting started. We are just getting started. So if we can stay committed... Uh, If we can keep praying, come, Holy Spirit, uh, help us to be as inclusive as you're calling us to be. Then in the months ahead, in the years ahead, our impact is going to grow. Our impact is going to multiply in ways that right now we literally can only imagine. Let me pray for us. Oh, Holy Spirit, oh, giver of life. We thank you for all that you do for us individually and collectively, for the ways that you guide us and and provide for us. We're especially grateful for all that you're already doing within this Kindred Church community, O Spirit. Continue to, to breathe life into us as we continue our church planting journey. Uh, keep us guarded from, from that tendency that churches sometimes have to, to turn inward. 
uh, Spirit, inspire us to stay outward facing, to, to stay committed to the mission you've given us of, of connecting with our neighbors who don't already have a great church family in your life, many of whom don't know the deep love that you have for them. We're so grateful that we get to, to play this role in your work in the world. Uh, give us the inspiration we need to keep at it. Give us the, the strength we need to, to keep at it and, and the guidance that we need. We're so excited to be on this journey together. Uh, God, we're so excited to be on this journey with you. We know that you have amazing things in store for us. So once again, we thank you. And God, we pray all of this in the power of the Holy Spirit and through your Son. Amen. meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. You're giving changes lives and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website, as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.